Over at the Never Heard of It podcast, we've spent the last four years criticizing people's films and talking about how they could have made them better. Well, you know what? Now it's time to put your money where our mouth is. That's right. The Never Heard of It podcast and Night Shift Radio are making a movie. We are making a brand new sci-fi thriller called Somnium. Somnium is the tale of a brand new app, something kind of like TikTok, where people are able to watch others' dreams, everyone's dreams, anonymously across the world. However, our main character, Adam, starts to see dreams that look all too familiar, including dreams of somebody murdering him. So the question is, who is dreaming of murdering Adam? That's the question we look to answer in our brand new film, Somnium, but we need your help. We need your help in funding so we can pay the amazing crew and the amazing cast of this brand new film. Head to nightshiftradio.com somnium. Donate what you can, and if you can't, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Someone out there is going to be a rich weirdo that's going to want to fund this film. So again, nightshiftradio.com somnium. Thank you so much, guys. We look forward to making this movie just for you. Hey, Latchkey Kids, it's Sarah Sweeney. Thanks for joining us. This is part two of the Greg Baldwin interview extraordinaire. If you didn't listen to part one, shame on you. But if you didn't listen to part one, Greg Baldwin is an incredible voice actor who is known for his work on Avatar The Last Airbender and Samurai Jack. He so generously joined me a couple of weeks ago when we had a different president in office. So if things feel like we're talking about stuff that happened, I don't know, a little bit more than 10 days ago? Then you're absolutely right. Good on you, Carmen Sandiego. Greg is an absolute delight, and there was just too much good stuff that I didn't want to cut, so I made this into two parts. Whatever, it's my show. I'll do what I want. The funny thing about breaking an episode up into two parts, I realize, is this is going to start all jaunty and awkward. I was thinking earlier this morning, what would Ira Glass do? What would Roman Mars do of 99 PI? If you're you're not listening to 99% Invisible, the podcast, you're doing life wrong. Anyway, they wouldn't do this, so buckle up. Oh, but before we start, go ahead and hit the little five-star jobby on your app pod thing and uh, write a review if you want and uh, subscribe. I mean, you're listening now, so hit subscribe and listen like the smart poison that you are. Okay, let's start part two with Greg Baldwin. Remember, it's awkward. It's going to be an awkward start. You ready? You sitting down? I have a I have a remnant question in here, which I realized was from about a week and a half ago when I had not yet finished the, the series. <laughs> and all it says is, Iroh is evil. No? But anyway, clearly no. <laughs> there was a point that I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good. Things aren't good. That's why I would like to I really wish, and it does, you know, I, I just a show I would want to watch. I don't necessarily have to be in it, although it would be nice if I did. Well, I was voicing Iroh, but a I'd spin, like a spinoff show. Yeah, I'd like to see. The, How good would a spinoff be? <gasps> I'd like to see what happened with Ozai and Iroh. And the thing about Iroh is, you have to understand, he was a war criminal. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he was. He was fighting, laying siege to Bossing Say on behalf of a fascistic regime. Mm-hmm. And th- about it. it was going to be fire lord yeah. something happened obviously the death of his son yeah and i would like to know what turned him from the fire lord to be i think the crown prince is what they call him to this wise jolly old dude that has um, literally become the father figure for a generation in some ways you know yeah yeah my I'm- wife will I got the garbage excuse me i am i voiced the beloved father figure for an entire generation <laughs> I still, you, know, yeah. you know you just small things small things you're welcome kids 
that kitty litter too. I think <laughs> no, he 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 was fat. Like every time he spoke, we were like, oh, Myra. Some could be some litter. sage wisdom. Yeah, like you said earlier, be, because you you voice words of wisdom, you now have to be the wise one. You know, and the, I, I knew, I always knew that he was a beautifully written character. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, you know, what's interesting is I had watched the show, same with Samurai Jack with my kids, long before I, I never dreamed I would be voicing these characters. Why would I? Mako voices those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think the thing about Iroh that I, I did not, until I started going to cons and meeting people, I did not realize the impact. I mean, I, lit- I you know, I, and I, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I literally can do the voice and I've seen grown men cry when they hear that voice. And, and the, I, I've, I've thought about it because this, this character is more than just a cartoon character. He's impactful. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the uh, Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie about a year ago. I think the pandemic had just started and I wanted to watch something to make me happy. And it occurred to me that in many ways, Iroh is sort of Mr. Rogers for a, a different generation because he is a father figure. He teaches the value of every person. You are special. Uh, and he teaches at the core of everything that he says is simply kindness, mm-hmm. exactly like Fred Rogers. And I think that that's some of why the character resonates so strongly even today. Yeah, and, and even with me, Iroh even makes me be a better person. I like to sometimes I'll sit here and tweet, you know, tweet. And sometimes I can I, I hear him over my shoulder. Oh, Greg, do you really want to tweet that? But then the thing is, Aku's on the other shoulder. And Aku, ah, go ahead, tweet it. Who cares? Make it even worse. Insignificant words. <laughs> so uh, Iro, Iro is the chill, low key. And Aku is basically the same voice of a guy who's had too much bourbon at the end of the bar and he's just surly. Absolutely. I always like, it's like, you know, the difference between film acting and stage acting. And I always say, Uncle Iroh is film acting. Whereas Aku is playing to the balcony. Sorry, he's very loud like that. He's playing to the balcony, he's projecting. Yes. And it's very much like, it's very much like that. It's film acting, stage acting. Ooh, I, I should start teaching acting. I don't my, see why not, man. I mean, <laughs> I was the one on camera. It's fun. The problem with on camera is it occurred to me very quickly. I mean, I'm lazy. And that you, you, you know, you get scale. Scale is the same whether you're doing an hour and a half recording session or you're on set for 15 hours. I know which one I'd rather do. Yes, yes. But I was. The coolest thing I ever did on camera, I was in uh, Hail Caesar with. Uh, I watched. I watched your uh, part today. I was. I was a. I was a communist writer. Got a week on that, and watching Clooney was amazing. Why it was like watching the Coen Brothers direct. It was like better than any master class USC could ever teach, and it was amazing to me watching how little George Clooney was doing. It's like he wasn't doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. And then you saw him on screen and it's like, oh my God, how did you do that? Yeah. And I, it's just, it's a skill that I guess, you know, you, you practice. Oddly enough, in this pandemic, not a lot of actors are not, you know, acting very much anymore. 
And I've always been too big. My on-camera acting is always, I've come from the theater. I love the theater. My acting reflects that, I think. But these cameos have really started, you know, where you, you know, hello, happy birthday, you know, they, they asked the oh, cameo. Oh, the, the, the platform cameo. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And uh, I did a couple of them, but then once the pandemic started, they started really, really picking up because people wanted Uncle Iroh to reassure them that everything was going to be all right. Mm -hmm. This did two things. First of all, just by helping, I think it's an Iroh quote, sometimes the best way to help others is to help you. Help yourself is to help others. Yeah. And by calming other people down, it calmed me down as well. And also, I get every single day here in this closet, you know, my, my green screen over here, I get to work on my on-camera acting, you know, yeah. get every single time because it's cameras right here. So every day, and I realized very quickly, as fat, as endlessly fascinating as Greg Baldwin is, uh, they don't want to talk to, nobody wants to talk to Greg. You want to talk to Uncle Iroh. So I, I, I think of it as Uncle Iroh the experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like I hate Uncle to break Iroh it to you, but I got in touch with you to talk to Greg. So uh, <laughs> you got to rethink that that's just a squeak. Every now and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's. Uh, I don't know. It, it is. It has really kept me calm in this very uncalm times in which we live. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 bringing comfort to. Corner, yeah. corners of the world that you probably never would have dreamed I, before and i think wow that this is amazing and i, I just in, in these in these troubled times to do any good at mm -hmm. all is is a good thing to just to put anything positive out into the world i just said that the holidays were just here you know wishing something as simple as wishing everybody a merry happy holiday from uncle iroh people like that people yeah. want to know uh so that is that has been a real lifesaver for me, and I also, you know, I think, oddly, I get to practice on camera acting every single day, and I think I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I think, you know, give me another, you know, five years, I think I might just. You, know, you might just master the the damn thing. Um, it's it's actually kind of comforting to hear that Iroh has, and I've noticed anyway that Iroh has so much more of a fanfare than a coup, a coup being evil, Iroh being good. It's it makes me feel hopeful for generations to come and <laughs> I, I, I have to say i mean you know it's all every now and then i'll get a request for aku mm -hmm. kind of fun because then aku just gets to insult people you know happy birthday you insignificant worm you will never matter in this life you know enjoy your birthday it could be your last <laughs> the kind of things aku would say so it's kind of nice to do that yeah but iroh is just I, I never imagined that this would, first of all, happen to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think in some ways I've always been very interested in spiritual, uh, spiritual things. I always say, you know, the difference, comparing Iroh to, to Mr. Rogers, the difference, of course, being that Fred Rogers was exactly that character. Mm -hmm. He was. He was an ordained Presbyterian minister who took his faith very seriously. Yep. I, Greg Baldwin is not Uncle Iroh. You know, right. I wish I was, and I'm trying to be, but uh, I'm not an ordained Presbyterian minister, but I am an ordained Presbyterian deacon. So I think that in some ways I've always been interested in spirituality. And I think in some ways it sort of helps me with Iroh yeah. and 
because he's everything he says is so spiritual and people in this world now are hungry for that uh so if you know again little things to see things leading to this leading to that leading to this i i'm the luckiest man ever it's it's remarkable i love it i could die but i don't want to yeah don't <laughs> yeah, die i'd like to be here a while I'm, I'm 60 but i bet i'd be trending always wanted to be trending <laughs> i'm afraid to be trending that's that's a, that's a fear of mine you know i went viral about two years ago in the F, fcc fcc uh what was it the net neutrality thing was going crazy and i just wrote you know call call your representatives and finish the tweet with please retweet the fuck out of this and they and, did and by god they did and it was like half the marvel universe retweeted it it was shocking like when mark ruffalo showed up on my feed it was like oh god that's, that's a big retweet holy holy <laughs> and and um don Cheadle also it, it was crazy but it was also maybe the most stressful many, twitter experience of my life how many likes you end up with like over a hundred thousand oh excellent excellent <laughs> It's fun, you know. It's fun. You I, get the you get like the the sparse death threat, and you move on. You know. I was as we were talking. I was thrown off of the Twitter. I was thrown to the just yesterday. I was thrown to Twitter chat. Why it was just yesterday? Just yesterday, I was thrown into that was Aku. It wasn't Iro. Was thrown into <laughs> Aku was sounding off. I listened to Aku on that particular tweet. Mm. And, uh, let me see where it got me. I should have listened to Iro. Is it? Is it? It must be kind of interesting, like the, the voiceover universe is pretty small, like the the Grey Delisles and the this one, that one, they always sort of appear, Tara Strong, for example. Do you record, in normal times, do you record live with the other actors? Uh, on Samurai Jack, it depends on the show. Uh, on both Samurai Jack and Avatar, they tried to get as many actors in the room as they could. Mm-hmm. And so frequently with Avatar, we would have the whole cast, except for Aang, who literally I just met on a Zoom call for Dante, you know, last week for his uh, Twitch channel, who, because uh, he lives in New York. Oh. Uh, so, but yeah, usually, usually as many people as they could get into the room, which is also kind of nice because unlike movies, you know, you move linearly from the beginning of the script to the end. I think, I think it makes for a better, uh, a better experience probably a better product yeah yeah well I, not I, unlike the podcasting i mean i started off not doing video because i have a monitor right here uh inside my closet and so i thought well that would be awkward for me to be like this while somebody's looking at my and so i've i've reworked things because i realized seeing each other makes for so much more better interaction absolutely and i'm getting you know it was the first couple of times we, zoom was weird for a while but oh, now yeah. we're all used to it as, as used to it as we're good and again it is miraculous that at least we can do it yes it, it is still, still keeps us connected in in some way yeah yeah uh, i i am hyper aware of like my chin and my hair and everything that's the only thing that drives me crazy because i can just see that little glimmer of my own self in the corner and i just want I none of it and, and you know being an actor i you know again i'm not fred rogers i am an actor which means i am a narcissist which means that you know, my hair's looking pretty good but you yeah know, well, Greg, you look old though man maybe you should have some work done yeah <laughs> no <laughs> little this little that tuck it over here oh. Oh, I should lose some weight. I should definitely lose some weight, but 
Pshaw. Oh man, that weight is going to get me that vaccine sooner. <laughs> oh yes, you've you've started a Twitter campaign of of get Iro vaccinated. New Mexico, because there's only one of the things I love about New Mexico is the population of the entire state is roughly the same as the population of the San Fernando Valley. There's only like two million people in the state, yeah. and they are in our governor here has a health background. She's been very proactive. We're already, we literally just this week moved into 1B, which is people 75 and over and people with uh, conditions that could be problematic. And baby, I've never been so glad to have a BMI of 36. I am <laughs> as fuck. Yay. <laughs> I'll worry about the heart attack after the vaccine. We'll get to that right now. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Out in those pounds, you know. Yeah. The population, I think, it would not surprise me at all if we didn't get the vaccine by the end of the month, which is way sooner than I would have anticipated. Mm -hmm. Same, same. They're saying 65 plus here, but they've gotten to uh, grocery store workers now, which I'm so happy about. I'm happy about that too. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, You know, and again... An unintended good consequence is, is grocery store clerks and your Uber drivers and people that bring you your Instacart are, are valued. Now, it would be nice if their salaries would value them as well. That's, yeah. that's another issue altogether. But, I mean, they, they're heroes. They really are. They I can't really are. Going into work every day and knowing that I'm going to be coming into contact with all these people that literally could kill me. Mm-hmm. Or kill uh, my family. Can yeah. you imagine? Uh, we, we've taken it very seriously. My son came uh, here for the holidays for New York and he literally quarantined downstairs in the basement for 14 days before coming up and joining us. Wow. He was tested before we left. My daughter and her boyfriend, because they weren't flying, they drove from LA, but they came, they quarantined. The first thing they did when they got here was they went and got tested and then they quarantined until we got the results of their tests mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. So finally we were all able to be together. Not ideal. I mean, the, the Sydney and her boyfriend, it was relatively safe, but not ironclad safe. Whereas Cooper, the 14 days, that was as safe as can be. Mm-hmm. But it was nice, you know, just to have your family around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When I saw my mom, I got tested here in New York in Washington Heights. It only took three hours. Um, I'm kidding. That's awful. I mean, I would imagine in New Mexico, it takes like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah you know what? We have not been tested. Because we have, you know, my, my daughter was saying, you guys should be tested. It's like, we live, I go, I go to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Personally, I go to the liquor store because they don't deliver liquor in New Mexico. It's one thing that they, you know. Uh, strike. So I have to, I have to, that's the one strike. But on the other hand, uh, they do have medical marijuana. So I go to the dispensary. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm able, A balance. The two places that I go are the liquor store and the dispensary. I'm very upfront about my love of cannabis. I do not uh, deny it. I enjoy it. I think I tweeted the other day, do I really want to be the Willie Nelson of voice acting in its thing? Oh, I saw that and I, I didn't know oh, what it I meant. Know. Yeah, that's all right with me, you know? And Iroh seems like the type who would probably enjoy it. Totally. I mean, tea leaves, come well, on. Sometimes I wonder if I'm setting a good example, but you know what? I also think it sets a good example by not pretending to be something I'm not. Absolutely. No. And there are worse things you could be. You could say, look at me at this big party. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I've, I've been married for 35 years. You know, I've had a really pretty straight arrow life, but I've, I've been, I've smoked weed since I was 18 years old. 
you know, daily, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hasn't really, you know, I, I have derived nothing but benefit from it. Yeah, you know, I never wanted to do anything else. It was like, oh, drugs. Oh, this one's good. I'll just stick with this one. It's harmless. It can't kill you. I'll go with this. And it mm -hmm. makes ever so much more entertaining. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, it, yeah, I like to smoke weed. Cheers. And I like to drink bourbon and I like to eat rich foods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the chili, is there, a, is there a secret ingredient if you have all the things that you could possibly have? You know, no, but the chili, I just put in the usual. Ah, there it is. My, I put this in a lot of things. It's good in spaghetti sauce, too. Is it weed? It's weed. <laughs> I put in weed. <laughs> oh, it is dry Lipton's onion soup. Really? Packet of that in your chili, it gives it a nice, deep, oniony flavor, along with all the chili and everything. And it also works. I put in spaghetti sauce, too. It works in that, too. If you like oh, onions, yeah. I like yeah. Um, my mom went to Santa Fe a couple of years ago and she brought us back uh, a whole bunch of stuff, but she brought us back um, green chili powder literally in a uh, Ziploc bag. She must have gotten it in a different container and like put it in half and gave it. But anyway, we use it like it's fine china and it's probably bad at this point, but it's just so good that it's like, oh, just a, just a little bit. And put green chili on everything here. And they should, and now so do I. Yeah. When when they the, the crop comes in, in in August and they start roasting them, and literally all of New Mexico smells like roasting green chilies, which is a really good smell. Wow! And uh, yeah, you put it in. I, I, honestly, you, you put it in everything. It's good on eggs. It's good for breakfast. I haven't put it in my Captain Crunch yet, but who knows? It might be good in that. <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> it's nineteen degrees here in New York City right now, and in listening to this segment to edit it's killing me to not be able to travel anyway now would be a good time to break and learn about other podcasts from night shift radio mindless monsters once thought human fill the streets a corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve this sounds a little too familiar is this real life or a video game you can play for fun Shift Talk to you. Night Shift Radio's newest original production is your LGBTQ plus centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Q. And on Twitch at Shift Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. This summer, okay, this summer I turned away for like two seconds from Twitter and I, I came back and all you were tweeting about was thick this and thick that. What the hell? What? That is, uh, that is an Aku quote. Oh. Which became a meme. I didn't know about the meme. 
when I was when I was auditioning for Aku, they did have me read the pizza scene. And Aku is ostensibly ordering a pizza. He's actually telling, giving his assassin instructions. And he talks about the crust. And he, how does he want the crust? He wants the crust extra thick and extra thick. I, when I got the role, a friend of mine you know, sent me a, a personal message and said, just understand, you need, to, you need to understand this meme thing. You need to look at it because trust me, people are going to ask you to say extra thick. <laughs> And I'm I'm happy to oblige. Yeah. I will not sing leaves from the vine, but I will say extra thick whenever you ask me. Leaves from the vine, I will not sing. What is that about? That's the song that he sings. Iroh sings at his son's grave. Oh, right. It's the one that makes everybody cry, including me, including you. And people ask me all the time, and I, I truly do believe, as a gesture of respect, that that episode was dedicated to him. It was beautiful. And I could never, I could never do justice to that song. You don't want to hear me singing it. You want to hear Mako singing it. It is his song. I don't care how often people ask me, and they ask me on Cameo a lot. They ask me at cons. I do not. I will not sing "Leaves from the Vine." I don't even sing it. I might. All right. I might have sang it to myself one time. <laughs> one time, just one time. Shower. I figured. Well, you know, who's gonna who's gonna care? With I'm a theater like, background, do you sing sing? Like not I not love just musicals. I love musicals. The last me that's also frustrating to me. One of the things I was looking forward to in Albuquerque was I love the theater, and theater in LA is its own thing. Theater in LA, nobody does theater in LA just to do theater. They want to get an agent. It's all leading to something else. Mm -hmm. Nobody does it for the love of it. And I was so looking forward because uh, I'm not equity. I never joined equity because I didn't need to in LA. There was no benefit to it. To just doing community theater here, doing mm -hmm. musicals, you know. And of course, I guess I'll have to wait, you know, for a while. They were doing, a, there was a, one theater company that was doing The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like, well, I'm definitely too old for Quasimodo and I'm too fat to play Frollo but I could definitely do the voice of Frollo. So perhaps, and I, I love the idea of, you know, just throwing my resume in with all the other people. Yeah, what, I, the what the hell? Just, Uncle Iroh's auditioning for Frollo and Music Theater Southwest production of Hunchback in Notre Dame? Yes, I am. The last show I did was a, uh, I mean, it was a Stephen Schwartz musical, not very well known, one of his few flops called The Baker's Wife. Uh, beautiful score. I played the baker. He's an older baker married to a much, much younger woman. Uh, she leaves him. He refuses to bake bread for the town. So the townspeople have to get them back together because they're French and they want their bread. And it was beautiful, beautiful. I would love to do the musical again sometime. It's the only time I ever got to sing a love song because I'm a character actor. Character actors don't get to sing love songs. And it was that was a treat. I, I look forward to the day that I can, you know, go back to the stage again and i definitely because albert the reason i became an actor was because albert finney played scrooge in a musical in 1970 i very much would like to play scrooge again before i i meet mako <laughs> that's a good euphemism wow before i, <laughs> I hope you do i, I like hope to see you on stage someday that would be incredible for me i know there i actually sang a song there was a it was weird how it ended up as a friend of mine who knew this kid 
you know, they just did that. Uh, these uh, uh, unauthorized musicals, the TikTok musicals, they just did Ratatouille. And I didn't realize that there's this big Avatar The Last Airbender TikTok musical. Oh, really? And, and this kid, very talented young composer, you know, really, really talented. And somehow I came into possession of Iroh's song. And I said, oh, you know what, I'd love to sing this for you. So I think, I think it's on TikTok. I think I might've even posted it on my Twitter account. And I would love, you know, if they ever actually did an Avatar, The Last Airbender musical. Oh my God. You know, I, I will not be, I will not play Iroh in Netflix and, you know, but I, I would, on stage where you can suspend disbelief a little bit, I think maybe I could get away with it. Uh, my problem, of course, with playing Iroh in, in, other than voicing Iroh is obvious. <laughs> no. Um, I feel like the characters kind of blurred the lines of of what what everyone's backgrounds were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, technically, I mean, he because it's an American production made to look like Japanese animation. And I think I, I really expected a lot more backlash. And you know what? At cons, no one has ever, ever come at me for it. And it's like, first of all, thank you, thank you all very much. And it's mm. like. I, I took the role because I'm an actor. You take the role that's offered to you. I never even thought, well, wait a minute. I'm not Asian. Is this going to be problematic? I just thought, oh, yeah, I get to play this really cool character. I get to voice this character. But obviously in the uh, in the live, in the Netflix version of uh, Avatar, which uh, cautiously optimistic, uh, obviously I'm not going to be playing, you know, Iroh in that. Yeah. First of all, they're going to want a bigger actor because they're going to put a lot of money into it. And secondly, they're going to want an Asian as it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was one of the problems with the movie that we don't talk about, the M. Night Shyamalan uh, disaster. We don't uh, talk about it so much that I don't know what you're talking about. M. Night, there was a live, M. Night Shyamalan did an, uh, the last Airbender movie. And oh, it was, uh, oh. It was, be one of the worst pieces of crap. This ever. is what I've heard from it my is, previously mentioned friends here. Oh, it is so I don't understand. He's a smart man. The creators are smart. There was a lot of money in this thing. How could you have misinterpreted the fan base mm-hmm. so monumentally? Mm. Ast was whitewashed. Uh, they didn't even, Iroh was called Eero for some reason. They call him Ong. His name is Ong. His name is Ang. Ang, yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand it. I know the creators uh, left the new Netflix show, so they're not going to be involved. You know, maybe they'll pull it out. I I think, you know, I, I, I am hopeful. I would definitely watch it. And if they would like me to be a cameo, you know, maybe the guy at the tea shop serving tea, which would be pretty funny. That would be pretty, uh, like like the cabbage that. guy. Yeah, the cabbage guy. Oh, there'll, there'll be some competition for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, so let's move on to the do, lightning round. What'd you say? I, I, do, I do go on once I start talking. Oh no, I'm happy for it. I just, you know, I'm I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, you got things to do. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I have another Zoom call with some friends in LA. <laughs> That's what I have tonight. Okay. All right. We're going on to the lightning round. All right. Lightning round. I'm going to say a thing and you say whatever pops into your head. Now, bear in mind, you, you are on a podcast called Latchkey Kids. Now, bear in mind, you are on a podcast called Latchkey Kids. I treat this thing the way I record it, like a voiceover audition 
I just repeat myself when I flub the line and then I fix it in post. Nope, nothing like post. You can't do that in theater. That's, <laughs> that's also one of the reasons why I love theater. You can't fix it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Cereal. Captain Crunch. You mentioned that earlier. I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. I like Captain Crunch. I don't think I've ever had Captain Crunch. I like it. Like my wife says, I, the same things that I like to eat when I was in fourth grade, I still like. She's like, Greg, can I have you your Velveeta and your bologna on your Wonder Bread with your little pack of chips and your Twinkie? And that's still the kind of stuff that I like to eat. Yes, please. It's wonderful. No I, do, I do appreciate that he's like a, a decorated military man yet goes by captain 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 you know it, it says that he's you know he's a chill military guy he's you know? he's probably kind of a weed smoking military guy I think, you know come on man he said a captain captain jack just call him a captain you know, Captain jack probably you know we know he partied a little bit <laughs> captain is very different from a captain indeed Cap Captain Kirk, Wood Captain Picard. Wood doesn't fly. Doesn't fly. No, it doesn't fly. No, no, I'm offended to hear it. Captain Picard. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It doesn't work. Mm 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 mm. Captain Kirk kind of does, but <laughs> Captain Kirk. Yeah, you yeah, some... yeah, it does. Captain Kirk. No. Captain Picard. No, no. Okay, cartoon. Cartoon. Uh, when I was a kid. Well, you know, what I really remember from when I was a kid was Batman, the Adam West. You know, I remember watching, I don't remember having a favorite cartoon as a kid. I remember I liked the Bugs Bunny show. Mm -hmm. I remember watching Speed Racer when I was a kid. Sure. You're a good racer speed, but you're not as good as your mother Racer X. You're young. You might not even know what Speed Racer is. I know what Speed Racer is. Editors know, I realize I know what Speed Racer is from Randy Bryce last week. It was, uh, I remember watching Speed Racer when I was a kid. And I remember racing home from school to watch a soap opera. And it's weird how a lot of people from my kids from my generation will say did the same thing called Dark Shadows. It was, it was about uh, vampires and werewolves and ghosts all in Collinswood, Maine. And every kid in the world watched that show. Barnabas Collins was the main vampire and Quentin was the werewolf. And, you know, I believe there was Captain Jeremiah. Captain Jeremiah. Captain who had Captain Jeremiah was a ghost. I remember watching that, and I definitely remember uh, Batman. Batman. If you were six years old when Batman premiered, man, that was a dream come true. I like watching I, Batman when I was like, I think it was on the Trio Network. Yeah, it would have. It would have been way on a nostalgic network. At that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't work with him, but I was going into the booth one time as Adam West was coming out, and he spoke to me. And it's like, oh, my God. you know, for my generation, there is no other Batman. There is only Adam West. And kind of still true to this day. Yes, in some ways. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting growing up in the late 60s, you know, which was the age where I was catching snap. And I remember all the terrible things happening when you watch on the news but uh it was also kind of chill mm. i think in some ways the world of 1968 was as we were talking i'll take 1968 over 2020 any day of the week yeah you know, no no comparison at all yeah well you don't have you know the doom machine in your in the palm of your hand at all times and i think uh i think i tweeted this once and, and you know it really did 
so much happened in 1968, even for a little kid, you know, watching, you know, Martin Luther King get assassinated. And a couple of months later, they killed RFK and the riots at the convention and it's the Vietnam War. And it seemed like the end of the world, but it wasn't. And I think, you know, I actually take, I've taken comfort in that over the past year. It seems like the end of the world, but here we are coming out of this, you know? Yeah. yeah. So Iroh says, sometimes it seems like life is this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. And we sort of are. As long as we keep moving, we're we're coming out into the light, I think. I think I am convinced, as, as scary and odd as things are at this particular juncture, uh, I think the rest of the year, I think, I think it's going to be a good year for everybody. And I think that's also why, that's why Iro resonates so much in this particular time, because it's there. He's, he's you know... He's comforting. He comforts me. He comforts you. He's company. What an amazing character. Thank you. You got Mark. me all choked up, Greg. What the hell? I, I uh, there's a wonderful, uh, one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sappy, but I love it. It's called The Five People You Meet in Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, which is all about how when you die and you go to heaven, it's usually some random people who you didn't know had a great impact on your life did. And they take you through and they explain what your life meant. I, I am pretty sure that one of my five people is going to be Mako. Yeah. And I really look forward to having that conversation with him. I, I always say he will say uh, one of two things to me, possibly both. Uh, the first, and I hope very much, he says, thank you, Greg, for honoring my life and my career and my legacy. And the second thing he's going to say is, are you kidding me? They went with a white guy. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I think they're both true. And then we'll go off and we'll have, I, someone once told me that he also enjoyed his whiskey. Uh, so we'll go off and we'll have a little, uh, have a little drink. Triple. Yeah. A little tea, a little jasmine tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to the lightning round at home hijinks. At home hijinks. Were you a latchkey kid ever? You said you moved a lot. Yeah, we did move a lot, but it was a different time. Mom was mom was a stay at home mom. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was just a different different time, uh, and I enjoyed it. You know, it was good. It was it was good staying with mom. But uh, at home hijinks mm-hmm. any given night. <laughs> <You know? laughs> at home hijinks. Yeah, any given night. Uh, um, candy. Candy, some Snickers. Oh yeah, I mean classic. Do you like? Do you like the new variants, like the dark chocolate? I do like the dark chocolate, and I like the. They make an uh, an almond one, I think, that is also pretty good. Quite it's nice. It's actually pretty tasty. Indeed, I'm a big Nestle's chunky fan. I like. You know what I like? I like uh, paydays too. That's just uh, chocolate and peanuts, right? Yeah, I know. It's like caramel nougat, whatever nougat is. Does anyone really know what no, nougat is? No one knows what nougat but is. It's like margarine. You know, covered in peanuts. And it's really very delicious. I want one now, as a matter of fact. Noted. I'll oh, mail yeah. you one. Instagram, can you bring me up some? Uh, 
card, not Instagram. Two very different things. Yeah. You know, I posted on Twitter a while back about uh, Milano cookies. My husband, John, and I had an argument, not an argument, a, a, a little small disagreement over which flavor was better. I was original. He was mint. I put a poll up. Original. Hey, man, man. This is why we're pals. Definitely religion. Definitely original. Those are good cookies. They are. 3,000 people came in. The Milano people were like, thank you so much. Can you send us your home address? And I was like, sure. A few days later, this massive, massive basket of Milano cookies arrived at my door. Huge. It was like more than I could possibly eat before the expiration dates. That is so cool. I was, it was the first, I was traveling to visit my little brother back in the old days when you could travel by air and I'd never flown first class. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's not that much more expensive. I'm just going to do it just this once. I'm just flying from LA to Houston. Uh, and I tweeted about it and American Airlines jumped on the thread with me. Oh, we hope, Mr. Ball, we're glad to hear we're going to make your first experience of really awesome. By the way, first class. Not bad. Yeah, that's the way to go. Not too, the, I've, I've only done it once. We but got I'm, bumped up one time, and that's the only time I ever played for it. And it is, uh, you know, it's it's nothing like uh, the plebs back in the uh, back in back in steerage. Yes, quite. Indeed. It was uh, it, it was my flight from LAX to Sydney. I really made it count. Actually, I didn't pay for it, so it worked out beautifully. I think the production company of Driving Miss Daisy took care of that. God bless them. I have to ask you because I love her and everyone loves her. Please tell me she is as lovely as she seems to be. She is that and so much more. She's um, not, not only is she just wonderfully kind and funny and charming and energetic, but I, in my time with her, learned so much. I make a beautiful soup because of Angela Lansbury. Really? Yeah. Awesome. What kind of soup? Um, she, she had a thing where she would, uh, you know, like, the carrots are starting to very depression era concepts like the carrots are starting to the carrots are starting to go off darling let's make a lovely carrot soup and so um i've sort of lost my angie i've lost my angie accent um and so you uh chop up some onions and push it around with a little butter and um in a pan and then you use a hand mixer to puree it all together in the end and you know just cook down the carrots and you have a beautiful ginger carrot nutmeg thing going on and uh put a little sprig of mint in there if you wish and some sour cream i'm kind of hungry i'm, so, I'm sorry yeah, we go from uh, payday to carrot uh, soup know, you know yeah, paydays carrot yeah I, I guess dinner time i'm hungry <laughs> all right well we'll keep this party going hit me baby hit me let's go all right video or arcade game video what of what uh, uh, oh no question civilization six what is that the entire civilization that I've, I've been playing it since there was civilization one i like to build civilizations up and then take over the world it's like digital legos it is it is yeah you build up from from prehistory you build up your society you manage your resources you amass armies you can have peace or you can like decide to nuke your neighbor and you know what <laughs> That Gandhi has really been getting on my nerves. And hey, Gandhi, you are going down. Mr. Just come over for dinner, man. What's your issue? The funny, the funny. I guess the game programmers did this because this is a joke. Uh, 
the, the Gandhi AI is the most new Cappy in the entire game. New he Cappy? will, yes, he will. He will new Gandhi will oh, new Cappy. He's new Cappy. He will nuke you at a moment's notice, which is you know pretty ironically funny that they put that in because that's pretty much the opposite of what Gandhi. <laughs> now you don't want to cross Gandhi. No, no. no. I've got him surrounded, and uh, I've got uh, missile systems in place. Uh, I'm coming for him very soon. Wow, right. this turned um, border card game and which <sighs> and what rather. Getting back to civilization, I always love to play Risk. You know, that's yeah. why I love civilization. I always liked to play Risk when I was a kid or even as late as in college, you know. Just orchestrating war. Yeah, I, I know. It's weird. I like, that's weird, man. I need to think about that. <laughs> why do I like these war games? Well, it's build and destroy, build and destroy. I think, well, you know, I, and I guess, especially lately, uh, it really is feel good to just let off a little steam by nuking an entire civilization. <laughs> you know, which could very well happen in real life. Woo. Living it, you know. I never really wanted to be in this, you know, all-encompassing, you know, production of cabaret that we've all been, you know, cast in these last several years. Yeah. Uh, I also a reality show. Since we're in a reality show, we should all get scale. I made that joke. I'm glad you, it's, it's a good joke. I stole that show. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we should all get royalties for the cameo we had to play in this uh, disaster movie. Please, no one, you know, no one asked me if I wanted to be in this show. Well, you you don't need to be asked. The agent knows that you want you want the part. You want the part. Um, which tribe are you from, and why? Air. Why? I, I'm probably just more in my head more air like yeah, I, I, even an air sign taking it on to the astrological level definitely not earth nah. and not really fire either maybe water because i'm pretty adaptable which i learned from moving around when i was a kid mm. but i think probably air you know I, mm -hmm. like to, I like to be in my head i like to uh like to, you know i like to i like to be in my head mm -hmm. Just, i think probably yeah if, air tribe i like it um, do you have a dream animation that you would like to be on? Well, I'd like to revisit Iroh. Sure. You know, that would be that would be the the my favorite thing to do. I think a spinoff would be amazing. Oh, there are many questions people. And the character is so beloved, and his backstory. I mean, I, you know, especially if you're doing the backstory, they might want to get somebody younger. But every episode could begin with the old Iroh explaining. I remember when this happened. I would love that. Previously on Iroh. Previously on Tales of Iroh. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? It's a cash cow for and they might revisit it. I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I would be thrilled. thrilled and I, I tell you. I, I Aku, I had a great idea. And I even pitched it to Gendi. He did, he didn't care for it. It's a uh, talk show hosted by Aku. Hate night with Aku, and he kills every guest. At the end, he always vaporizes the guest. It's just, it's a thing. Maybe he'll sing a little bit, you know. A little song, a little dance, a little yeah. Aku in your pants. I like a song, you know. I'd like to join me for a little, will you like to join me for a song, you insignificant worm? <laughs> what happened again to Tartofsky? Say his name three times fast. 
Carter, he is what a genius. I believe Primal is the show that he's working on now. Uh-huh. For a car. And I know that he uh he'd done those Hotel Transylvania movies. Mm-hmm. I, I will never forget, you know, on, on animation, they will send you a story, you know, they'll send you the storyboard sometimes hmm. when they the script, and sometimes that's helpful. And it was the, one of the first scripts for Samurai Jack, and they sent, you know, the agent sent it to me, and I said, oh, you know what, I'll just print out the storyboards too, so I can take a look at it. Storyboards with, for a 22-minute show, and that's why Gendy's so brilliant, the storyboards was like that thick. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I literally had to go buy another ream of paper and more ink. <laughs> Like before I print, it's like okay. It's the last time I'm going to print the storyboards. Um, asking for a friend, what advice would you give for actors out there who want to get into animation? I think the best advice I ever had was from Andrea Romano, Andrea Romano, rather, uh, whom I just saw recently in a Zoom call. Uh, she's done everything. Yeah, she's she is so brilliant, and she had said. Uh, People are always asking her that. And, and the best answer is, no, you don't want to be a voice actor. Be an actor. Be an actor. You know, it's not it's not its own separate thing, especially for animation. It's part and parcel of the same gig because you were literally playing those characters. Any voice actor I've ever worked with, when you're at the microphone, your physicality will even change. Mm-hmm. And you, become, you can even tell, when I become a cool, my face changes. There's no... There's no question, you know, as to who is talking. No, I am Iroh. Okay. Uh, so be an actor, you know, act, take classes, act in community theater, act every chance you get on a technical, a couple of technical tricks. I would say, you know, it, it behooves you to be able to do as many accents well as you possibly can. I learned them from listening to my Broadway cast recordings, and that's a good way to learn them. Mm-hmm. Sing along with My Fair Lady for a hundred thousand times, you're going to nail a Cockney accent and an English accent. You'll just learn it. Uh, learn accents, learn to do impressions. Lots of times characters are based on impressions. I always say uh, there was a Clone Wars episode I did where I played a, a very old Jedi master named Terra Sinube, very, very old. His lightsaber was in his cane. And if you listen to Tara Sanube, then go back and listen to Richard Harris as Dumbledore in the very first two Harry Potter movies, and you will realize what I'm actually doing. And that's very helpful. And the thing is, you start with you start with an impression, and ultimately it does become your own. Mm. But I always found a good friend of mine, Jeff Bennett, uh, who voiced everything. He was Johnny Bravo. Oh my mm-hmm. god everything i was a big johnny bravo fan too yeah i have known we used to compete against each other in high school i was watching the prom with my kids just the other night and and they said dad you go to your prom i said no i didn't go to my prom i was competing at a drama tournament in austin uh getting second place to jeff freaking bennett (laughs) and that was the story of our life where'd you go to high school uh spring high school he competed against me from another because jeff is also from texas Mm. when jeff moved out to la he stayed with my wife and i uh jeff was at my bachelor party and at my wedding wow Uh, oh it's kind of funny you know you talk about a small world yeah jeff bennett and i go back a long long way wow brilliant man also also and this is something i'm not very good at and jeff was brilliant at improv if you're going to be a voice actor in animation improv is a great place to 
to learn how to do that. I'm, I'm pretty good if I have time to collect my thoughts and if I write it down, mm -hmm. but being quick and witty, just literally like that, you know, maybe it's all that weed I smoked. I don't know. It could be. And also perseverance. You know? mm -hmm. If you believe you can do it and if you want to do it, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do it. Just keep trying to do it. Yeah. You know, I was I was literally 46 years old. I had a good life. I, I never expected that I would, you know, people would want to talk to me on their podcast. Uh, and I was that happened very late in life. That was very unexpected. So if you really stick to it, but I didn't turn around. I never gave up. I was still trying to be a voice actor. Yeah. Uh, I was just happy. I never imagined that, you know, a couple of gigs a year was all I expected. Mm -hmm. this, this is uh, miraculous, you know, miraculous. So yeah, those are my tips. I, like I could probably I like to talk. All right, Iro. It's Latchkey Kids Drama Club time. And I asked you to prepare a TV show theme song from is, which you would read. This is going back to my, first of all, mm -hmm. without a doubt, mm -hmm. greatest TV theme song of all time. I'm ready. Nothing comes closer. Nothing even comes closer. This song never, the show never even needed a pilot because you know everything you need to know from the song. So this was one of my favorites when I was a kid. It is the greatest TV theme song of all time. And I would dedicate this to Don Wells. <laughs> yes. Just unfortunately last week. So it's actually rather apropos. So here we go. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. A tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ships aground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle with Gilligan, the skipper too, the millionaire, and his wife, the movie star, the professor, and Marianne, here on Gilligan's Isle. Great show. Oh, it was a great show. <laughs> it was fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> it was a great pleasure. With apologies to the cast of Gilligan's Isle. Actually, I think only Ginger's left, I think. Now I think they've all passed on. I think you are correct. Well, the howls certainly aren't around. Showed them an episode. They had never seen it. Uh, and it's no, you got to watch Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island's great. You know, it is. You just have to you suspend your disbelief, not question what, first of all, what the howls who could afford their own yacht were doing on this three hour tour. Why did they bring all their money? How do you make a radio from coconuts? I mean, there's lots and lots of questions. 
but you just have to suspend your disbelief. And well, you know, you bring a professor and things start working. The science, science. Science. This has been a wonderful pleasure. Thank you. Um, I've enjoyed chatting with you. I've been chatting with uh, with the Latchkey kids. Hello, Latchkey kids. It's mutual. Me for a cup of soothing jasmine tea <laughs> and an exciting game of pie show. Thank you, Greg. Thank this you, is Sam. so cool. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take Have it easy. Night. See you. you too. Bye. Huge thanks to Greg Baldwin for joining me. How cool is he? You can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Baldwin Iro. You can also find him on Cameo.com by searching Greg Baldwin to get all of your super cool birthday present needs. Seriously, I'm thinking about getting a happy birthday from Uncle Iro to all my friends who got in touch and said how cool they thought having him on the show was. Anyway, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at Hey Sarah Sweeney or follow this podcast at Latchkey Kids Pod. Oh, and since I just had an incredible voice actor on, go to SweeneyProject.com slash voiceover to hear all my voiceover stuff. Are you casting things? You know where to find me, on the internet. Latchkey Kids is produced by Nightshift Radio, a modern media company specializing in creating and cultivating original podcasts. Our director of content is Michael Fight, which is most definitely not his real name. Our director of operations is Caleb Coy. Kitsy is our director of production with design help from Debbie Bostwick. Find me, Sarah Sweeney, on Twitter at Hey Sarah Sweeney. Sometimes it seems like life is this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place.